Welcome to the Fit and Fierce podcast, a show to inspire and empower you and remind you that we're all a little messed up and that's okay. I'm your host, Megan. And in my personal journey, I realized that the fiercest thing I ever did was to ask for help. I no longer wanted my story to rule me. I was going to own it and share it. And throughout each one of these episodes, I want you to remember that being flawed doesn't make you less. It makes you more. Real quick, before we dive in today, I just wanted to say that today's episode is sponsored by the Seeds of Inspiration event that is happening on October 12th. I am honored to be speaking at this event with three other inspiring women. And if you're saying, I'm, I'm lost, I'm searching for a community, I'm searching for deep and honest connections with other like-minded women, this is the event for you. This is the day for you. On October 12th, it's a Saturday, at the beautiful Studio 324 in Rochester, Minnesota, it's a gathering of women who are searching and looking for those things just like you are. It's a day of empowerment. It's a day of connection. Tickets are on sale now by clicking the link in the show notes or by searching Seeds of Inspiration on Eventbrite. I cannot wait for you to join the Seed Society. Oh, hello, everybody. You guys are in for a good one today. They're all good, though. Maybe I'm just biased, but I think so. I love when I get to chat to other women and we find these really great connections and take little pearls of wisdom away from something that they said. And today, my guest, Justine Clark, and I, we lined up really well. The universe did good when it matched us up. But Justine is a wellness coach and she really focuses on holistic weight loss. And we dive into what that really, really, truly means. We talk about living life without restriction. We talk a lot about her journey with thyroid health and how getting to a place of rock bottom in her health made her change her emotions, her thoughts, and her actions around food, around diet, around exercise, and how now she utilizes everything that she has learned in her own path to help other women do the same. It's talking about intuitive changes without restriction. Come on. I know it sounds too good to be true, but Justine tells us it is exactly possible for you. She tells you how. She is a star. So sit back, enjoy, and yeah, dive into who is Justine. Welcome back, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me today. I am so excited to talk to my guest today, Justine Clark. Hi, Justine. Hi, Megan. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. Why don't you give a little insight on who Justine is? Tell the listeners all they need to know. Ooh, yeah, thanks. Um, so yeah, like Megan said, my name's Justine Clark. And just a quick little what I do, I actually help career-driven women lose weight, boost energy, and feel confident in their clothes without restriction. I'm all about the non-restriction life. I know Megan is too. Yes. I was like, who doesn't want all of those things and without restriction? Like, yes, please. Yes. And I'm obsessed with pizza. If 
anyone knows me, they're like, oh yeah, Justine, she's the pizza eating gal. <laughs> so, Megan, I know this is kind of a tangent, but do you love pizza or what is your thing that you love? The this most? is so funny. I love that you asked this. So I think that I am like in the one percentile of people. I hate pizza. What? Oh my gosh. No I way. Know. I know. And like every time I tell, and I, I like all of the things individually. I don't know what it is. I just, I don't like pizza. That is so funny. So you'll eat things individually, like in different foods or separately, but not on a pizza. Not on a pizza. I don't know what it is, but it is not my jam. But I do love anything nut butter like that now. If they made like a nut butter pizza, I maybe would eat that. Like I could get down on that for sure. You put it on, I put it on everything. Oh my gosh. A nut butter pizza. I feel like happened. Now, I, there we go. You make that, Justine, and I will eat that. Like, I'm a, I will, like, take down my guard for pizza and my hate for it, and I'll eat it. Oh, yay. Okay, I'm on it. Okay, cool. <laughs> Thank you. I love yeah. it. Um, so, you have, in your bio, Justine, it mentions that you're a holistic weight loss, or you work with holistic weight loss. That intrigued me, and I need to know, what does that mean? Oh, yeah. So that's a good question, Megan. So for me, it might mean something different to everyone. But for me, basically, holistic weight loss means going about it a natural way. So that does not include like fat burners, weight loss shakes, um, anything externally that we're feeding our body outside of food. So for me, holistic just basically means going about it via food, natural movement, um, mindset, because generally a lot of what we have going on and what keeps us stuck is around mindset, emotional eating, stress eating, binge eating, things like that. And while most times, and I've suffered with this in the past for sure, is that we think a supplement or a shake or something is going to save us, right? Like this is ultimately going to be the game changer for me. But in reality, you know, that's can be short-lived and we can sometimes gain all the weight back so I go about it more of a holistic way like actually figuring out what the deeper rooted issue is so that way you don't have to worry about gaining the weight back ever again Mm. does that answer your question a hundred percent I actually there was just an episode that came out and when this comes out it will be just a little bit ahead of it um but it and that's exactly what I talked about I was like you have to save yourself like I thought that everything I did was gonna save me whether it was a shake, whether it was a new diet, whether it was a like even coaching, like everything I thought would ultimately come back to it until I was like, no, I had to figure out my stuff to save me. Yes, I love that. I love that. You know, I feel like honestly, we kind of have to go through that process of doing all those things. I know that might not be everyone's story, but it it was definitely mine. And it sounds like that was yours as well. And a lot of my clients say the same thing. It's like, okay, I've tried this, this, and this, I've literally tried everything and nothing's working for me. Right. Yeah. It's kind of like you get to a wall of like final desperation of like, all right, like shit, I got to clean out my own stuff now. Like I've done all the other things. Like I've been avoiding this dark work, but I really have to do it. (laughs) Ah, yeah. I love that you said that. 
Yes, because literally the thing that we're avoiding or we're trying to skip or we're trying to expedite, that's generally the thing that we need to put the most love and nourishment into. And like you said, it's not always pretty. It's mostly dark and like, ooh, kind of scary almost. But that's ultimately, I believe, too, what's going to give us the freedom and the results that we want long term. I'm sure that people ask you this when they begin to work with you or question, but like, is what you say actually possible? Can you lose weight? Can you be happy? Can you accept yourself in where you're at and actually not restrict? 100%. And in fact, all of my clients, so I think everyone's different, you know, but to answer your question, 100%, you do not have to restrict but you know, this can look different. So some coaches like to count calories and macros with their clients. I don't do that. Um, I just, I try to make it more of an intuitive angle where we're literally tuning into what foods make them feel energized. Um, the hunger and fullness scale. There's a lot of different things that go into it, but ultimately when you're able to change the way that you view food and you're approaching food, like from an emotional, stressful, maybe binge eating standpoint, then when you have those things lined up, then you're naturally just able to drop weight because you're not always in this roller coaster of up and down, all or nothing. Does that answer your question? Mm, Yes, most definitely. I mean, it seems like what you're saying too is ultimately, again, it's not about the weight loss. It's not about the food. It's not about the way that you eat. It's about what is your relationship with food? Mm, yeah, for sure. Yes. Yeah. I always say like what we eat is like 20% of the equation and how we're being around food is 80%. I was just listening to something the other day that was actually talking about how our cells and our body actually react differently when we're eating, if we're eating out of a place of love or just happiness and joy, or if we're eating out of a place of fear or scarcity or whatever kind of more darker emotion we have around that, our body reacts different. Yes, Megan. Oh my gosh. I totally feel like everything that we do is so similar. So do you mind if I share a story real quick, like a little Please do. example? Please do. Awesome. Yes. So- And I teach this to my clients as well. Like generally the way a lot of people feel when they eat is stressed, right? Because we're always on the go. We're hustling. We're eating at our desk. We're eating in the car. You name it. It's probably something that we're really not focusing on our food. We're generally focusing on something else, engaging in conversation. There's always something external going on, right? And most times that puts stress in our body. So physiologically, when we are taking on stress, that is shutting down our digestion. So when we're not able to digest our food properly and assimilate nutrients and things like that, then ultimately we're going to be hungrier sooner. We're going to reach for foods that we're trying to get energy faster. And that vicious cycle just kind of continues. But the example that I like to give my clients is that You know, for example, if you're sitting at work and you're eating and you're stressed, your boss is yelling at you, you're receiving emails, you're answering emails, like how this relates is that 
back in the day. So human bodies have not changed, right? Back in the day, there were other problems like lions, tigers, like all of that stuff, right? So back then, for example, if you saw a lion and you were eating lunch, <laughs> that's kind of so got stressed out. Yeah, and that's so funny to think about. Like, oh my gosh, I could never imagine seeing a lion, right? But whatever. So if you see a lion while you were eating lunch back in the day, you literally stop eating your sandwich, your digestion shuts off. So that way the blood flow and your energy can go out to your limbs. So your arms, so you can run down to your legs, up to your brain for fast thinking. So ultimately that's what happens. But even though people nowadays aren't being chased by lions, like we aren't faced with that type of stress, even low level chronic stress physiologically is the same. So your body goes into that same fight or flight mode, which shuts down digestion and does all the things that I mentioned earlier. So isn't, yeah, like to sum all that up, absolutely. It's so true what you just mentioned. So I just wish that those were the conversations that we had about nutrition and about food and about, I don't even like the word dieting, but about the way that we eat and why we eat instead of what diet culture kind of throws in our face. Yes. Like you just, I know your relationship changes your view. Mine does, I guess. I mean, everything kind of changes when you start to become empowered with that information instead of just, here's the latest and greatest. You have to do this and this will answer all your prayers. Yes, I know. And I sometimes think back to my strict dieting days and I, gosh, like I, I've literally tried, well, not now, but like my journey started when I was a little girl probably in my teen years, because I was a little, I wasn't overweight, but I definitely felt uncomfortable in my skin. And I knew that if I wore baggy clothes, I'd be able to hide my body. While in the back, like at home, I was like doing all the workouts and following cereal diets. Like I did the special K and the South Beach diet and all of that stuff. You remember that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, this is all you have to do is just eat a couple bowls of cereal a day. But like my yes. bowls were like giant bowls the size of my head because 100 <laughs> calories of cereal, cereal really didn't fulfill me for very long. Yes. Oh, my gosh. That's so true. And I remember like when I was going through that phase, like my family would cook other things for dinner, like chili or just, you know, it doesn't, it wasn't even bad food, but food that I thought was bad just because it wasn't cereal or it wasn't on the plan, mm -hmm. you know? Where Ugh. did that path start to turn for you where you were realizing I'm in a really toxic relationship? I have to make changes. Yeah, that's a good question. So for me, that lasted a very long time that gosh, whew, I don't know, at least 10 years, probably going through that phase. But then my realization was when I went to the doctor one time just for a regular checkup. And my doctor's like, I think you have like this lump in your throat, your, your throat's just kind of sticking out in a way I think it might be your thyroid. So anyway, I went in for tests. Long story short, there ended up being a three centimeter nodule inside my thyroid and biopsies were inconclusive. So they weren't actually sure if it was cancerous or non-cancerous. So I had the decision 
should I remove half of that thyroid or should I just keep it and check up on it and do that type of thing? So it was a very hard time in my life. That happened when I was 21. Mm. So that was over almost six years ago by now. So I was very young when I was experiencing that. And I realized at that point I had a very tough decision to make. And I ended up just going based upon what doctors were telling me, what outsiders were telling me. And I really didn't know anyone else who had thyroid problems at that time. But I ended up having half of my thyroid removed and thankfully it was not cancerous. Um, but at that point I realized, okay, (laughs) there, this has, this has got to stop because on top of what I was already going through with not being confident in my body, like going through all these diets and working out hours a day just to keep my physique, how I wanted it to, and still not feeling good about myself, adding on a thyroid surgery on top of that. I was like, okay, I have to figure this out. One way or another, I even remember telling my husband, I'm like, I have no idea what I'm going to do or how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to figure it out. Like, I feel like that for me was the turning point of going through all of that stuff and just putting my freaking foot down, (laughs) you know, that was it for me. That's a big rock to come against. I mean, I think a lot of us need to get to a, sometimes for me, it was the same thing. Like I had to get to a really, really, um, not well, scary, but like a really, powerful place to be like, wow, if I don't make changes, like this is not going to end well. And you're 21. I know, right? Like I should have been out doing 21 year old things. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot of decision making. That's a lot of also insight, like props to you for being that insightful at 21. Oh, well, thanks. Yeah, I I was, yeah, I don't know. I've never really been into normal 21 year old things, (laughs) I guess. So yeah, well, thank you. That's very kind of you to say. Um, Yeah. So it's just, it's just been a journey. Um, And then after that, of course, finding what worked for me through thyroid disease, that was a whole nother adventure, but. Can you talk a little bit about that? I know that thyroid issues are something that I deal with. And I know a lot of the listeners have reached out and said that they do as well. So what, what kind of path did you follow or if whatever you kind of want to dive in with that, I know everybody would appreciate any insight into that. Yeah, for sure. So like I mentioned back in the day, like six years ago, when I first started, I really had no idea who to turn to because it was new to me. I knew nobody who had that same type of diagnosis. So what I had to start with first was doctors. And that was the best route for me at that time. But I found out very quickly that, you know, they were telling me that my levels were normal. They were always normal. They're still normal. I've never been on medication. But back in the day, even though they were telling me, no, your blood levels are normal. Everything looks great. You can go on about your day, just yada, 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 right? But <laughs> I was still feeling like crap, like total crap. I uh, was gaining some weight. I had really low energy, like really bad brain fog, all of the symptoms that were related to thyroid disease. So it wasn't really making sense to me. And I was like going back to the doctor saying like, are you sure? Like, can you check again? Blah, blah, blah. Well, no, everything stayed the same. So anyway, 
it went on like that for probably a couple years because again, I had no clue that I could do my own research <laughs> at that time or seek external help outside of doctors. But that's ultimately what I had to do was put myself through a testing process, like going about it my own way. Because again, I had no idea there was other coaches out there who could help, right? Like I was literally on my own, or at least I felt like I was on my own at that point. And I was testing foods. I had read, you know, with thyroid disease, you can look on Pinterest or look on Google and there'll be this long list of things that you should stay away from. So I'm like, holy smokes, like that is no, that's not going to happen. Like that's way too intimidating. And there's no way that somebody could live like that. And I know a lot of people feel that way coming into it. Like they feel like they're helpless and hopeless and just not able to manage this on their own. And I totally get that. But I did it one thing at a time and just found what worked for me. And I noticed, and this is the case for a lot of people, like, you know, from a food standpoint, there can be intolerances like dairy and gluten and soy. There could be many things that people are intolerant to. But I've also found, especially, you know, women that have been through something in their life, thyroid disease can definitely be an imbalance of hormones. There, it can be, there can be a lot of different imbalances, but there can also be a lot of trauma that you're holding on to. There can be a lot of, you know, things that you've learned from the past. Maybe somebody told you that you were fat in high school. Maybe somebody made fun of you and you're just holding on to that, you know? And I know that was the case for me. So a lot of my problems were really just a lot of emotional baggage that I had to work through. And at the same time, implementing new foods, being very conscious about what I did feel good with and what I didn't feel good with and things like that. But ultimately, I think there's a lot of weight that women are holding on to nowadays that has nothing to do with food, but it has a lot to do with you know, emotional wounds, trauma, things like that. Mm, I couldn't, I could not agree more with any of that. Just that unpacking of all of that emotional trauma, all of those years, sometimes, like you said, big or small, like somebody made a comment that maybe was not the most, you know, sometimes we think of trauma as this huge, huge event, but comments are things that we heard that still sit with us and impact us, whether we're conscious of it, aware of it or not aware of it. Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. And generally, like, the way that we view life and the way that we view ourselves is ingrained in us by like, the age of eight. So and you know, things after that can build onto that mindset, and those belief systems. But when I think back to when like, I was eight years old, oh gosh. Yeah, I was like, that was like, when I was going through just everything like we go through I don't know like lots of stuff at that age right and even if we don't like you said subconsciously there are things around us that are swaying our beliefs like our parents our grandparents maybe the school system like we learn all of those things at such a young age that we don't think about right Mm -hmm. oh absolutely do you have any outlets that you like to use to kind of help through that or avenues that you kind of to release some of that baggage or work through those emotions? Yeah. So like from a physical standpoint, easy things that you could do that 
does release stress and energy, obviously, is exercise. But this is something that I find a lot of women overuse and they think and, and sometimes underused, but I feel like a lot of women that come to me, they, they're really putting all their time and energy into their workouts, but working out can also serve as a stress. So if you're working out, you know, boot camp style, hardcore cardio, stuff like that for, you know, multiple times a week, that can actually add stress. So what I did and why I'm mentioning that is because I used to be that person too. I used to teach group fitness instructing classes three times a day, which ended in multiple hours of cardio and stuff like that. Oh, this is going to solve my problems. Right. Mm-hmm. But in reality, what actually helped me from a physical standpoint is actually backing off. And I remember exactly what I did. So I decided, okay, I'm going to start walking, just walking casually for however long I felt like. And I'm also going to start implementing yoga and meditation or vice versa, whatever I felt like using. So for me, being able to still move my body in a very easy way that actually was able to release stress without causing my body or my joints harm, that was a nice outlet. And then also like working through things through yoga and meditation. I think that was the best first step for me. And what I had been putting off for a very long time. So being able to slow down for a lot of us seems like a distraction or a waste of time. But honestly, for us to just slow down for a moment, to breathe, to think about ourselves, you know, and acknowledge just what we have done instead of what we haven't. I think that has, that was a huge first step for me. That's where all of, breakthroughs come from and when we finally take that time to just like quiet the mind to slow down I feel like that's where all of the releasing and all of those huge epiphanies come at we when we're going like crazy you don't even hear them or notice that you have those thoughts or emotions yes I know right yes oh and I'm sure that you can relate like most (laughs) most of my genius ideas either come to me like during a walk um in the shower or like right before bed when your mind is like slowing down what do you do you notice that you have those really good ideas during that time too oh yeah I actually it's usually right as I'm like getting to the gym like I have just a little like easy easy like five minute little bike pedal to the gym like nothing strenuous and yeah that's always like my fresh time it's like morning like I'm moving just a little just like enjoying, like not intentional. And it's like, oh my gosh, like I get there and I have like 20 notes that I have to write in my phone because of things that I have to think of or do or something that hits me at that time. Yes. Yes. You got the creative juices flowing. That's right. Like you just move a little bit and again, not strenuous. And that's, uh, that's my biggest struggle too, is as somebody who does very high intensity group fitness training now, as the majority of my work, like you're going, I go like crazy all day long and mm-hmm. then I want to get a workout in and I want to do, and it's like, oh my gosh, like it's just, it's so taxing. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I didn't realize you were doing that now. That is gosh. Yes. I know exactly what you're going through, girl. <laughs> it's almost like, yeah, it's, it takes very conscious thinking in order to slow down and to actually do something that is serving you right 
Well, that's always been the tr- struggle for me. It's the slowdown. And so many women I know express the same thing. Like go yeah. mode is a challenge, but it's almost automatic. Slow mode is like, whoa, what do I do with this? Like, I don't know. Yes. Yeah. And sometimes like keeping ourselves busy is a way for us to get away from the pain. Oh, right? I was just going to say, yeah, because when we slow down, we have to face it. Yes. And that is painful yeah. sometimes, most times, right? Well, yeah, most of the time it is. It's necessary, but yeah, it's not the most comfortable space. Yeah. Yeah. So, gosh. And so many, like, I would say, you know, like, we're just kind of primed for that as women. You know, we have to wear all these hats, like, cook dinner, clean take the kids to school, blah, blah, blah. Right. And we're just, it's almost like that badge of honor sometimes like, Oh, I did this. Right. And I know that I've done that before. Like, you know, giving myself a high five for working 12 hours straight or, you know, whatever. But isn't that crazy that we do that to ourselves? Like, yeah, that, you know, that, that do it all is what gives us like a feeling of accomplishment and those accolades. And then on the reverse, the slowing down is where I'm like, Oh, like I'm feeling guilty. I should be up. I should be doing this. I should be doing da 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 da. When in reality, again, like facing what I need to face or just allowing my body to rest is what should be celebrated more than doing all of the things. Yeah, for sure. And that kind of relates back to like, that internal struggle. I think we all have that to an extent. And sometimes, you know, one side wins over the other day to day. But I feel like, you know, the saying goes, the one way you do everything is the way you do everything. So the way that we approach our fitness is generally the same way that we approach the rest of our life, our relationships, career, money, so on and so forth. So yeah, it is hard to shut it off, especially when it's like, ingrained in us almost right do you when you work through with your coaching and a woman is kind of facing those struggles do you have any tips or tricks for her to say this is a good place to start or how do you approach that when you are coaching um when they're busy or just trying to slow down wanting to slow down Yeah. So I think honestly, it's important to take a step back and see what your ultimate goal is with all of this. Like what, what are you trying to achieve? I think being really radically honest with ourselves is the first step because if we're not really certain on why we're doing it in the first place, then we're just kind of, again, going back to what we know best, just grinding, hustling, So being aware of your ultimate goal for what you're doing currently. And then also something that I like to do to help women like with scheduling and routine stuff, because, you know, it's not really, you know, we can't just put everything to the side and always focus on us. Like that's Mm -hmm. not the goal. But I feel like one thing that does help, especially in the beginning is to Once you have your goal written down, so you know what you're wanting to achieve, and you might have these, you know, long lists of things that you need to do, separate your page so you can do on a piece of paper, like a brain dump, 
That's what I like to call it when you're literally taking everything that's swirling around in your mind and put it onto a piece of paper. So you can literally transfer it from your body as energy to a piece of paper and it's not gone. It's just not lingering inside of you anymore. So now that it's on a piece of paper, you can look at it. You can look at your day, your week, however you do your scheduling. And from that brain dump, all the things that you need to do that have been swirling inside your body and your mind, you literally prioritize them. So if you have one hour per day to do something, what are you going to do from that list that's a non-negotiable that you need to do in order to take a step closer to your ultimate goal that you have written down on that page? So just being, you know, radically honest, very aware of all of it, and then being able to leave the other things that don't necessarily need to get done this week or this day for a later time. So that way you're able to separate those two things. You'll have more mind space, you'll have more energy, and you're probably going to overall get more things done by having a shorter list versus feeling overloaded when the week or the day starts. I love that. I love getting like channeling out that like crazed swirling energy in your mind and putting it out. And to me, that's always really helpful too. It's like, then I'm not running around doing half-assed work on 60 things. I'm going to focus on one thing. And I get, you're so much more productive that way. I am anyway. Uh, When I'm focused on a few things that need to be done and worrying about what can wait later. Yes. Yeah. And you just feel so much better too, right? Like, like I actually get something done and like, am calm and more thought out I know when I'm rushing to try to do things that's when it just gets sloppy or it gets bad or it's just like what what a waste of my time yes yeah exactly and then at the end of the day if we do feel like that then gosh that generally leads us to reaching for things that will make us feel better And a lot of times this looks like junk food. It can be, you know, just binging on TV, doing less uh, nutritional beneficial things for our body. So we generally will just seek quick pick-me-ups or things that are going to make us feel relaxed and content. And nine times out of 10, going outside for a walk or something like that generally isn't on our mind at that time, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, can't... not the logical things that would be helpful. Yes, I know. Yep. Just all comes back to that full circle. Like we had talked in the beginning of like picking in those choices and looking at your relationship with food. And then it's like, oh, when I start to unpack and release all of my real true feelings about it it comes back to it's not food I'm just overwhelmed or I'm stressed or I'm sad or I'm mad or whatever we're feeling kind of in that moment yes yes Megan absolutely 100% gosh that's so good because that is what generally drives us is our emotions the way that we feel we're going to be seeking out an answer we're going to be seeking out a solution And the easiest, quickest way is generally food, right? That's simple. You just walk to the convenience store. You get in your car, go to Quick Trip, (laughs) right? Yeah. But I think it's really important, too, to be able to disconnect ourselves from our emotions. Because initially, we're not the same thing. We are not our emotions. 
or just going through a period in our life of feeling that emotion. And I think honestly, a lot of times when women feel these things, we feel like they may be bad or it might be um, making us feel less than maybe our friends and our family and almost like going back to kind of that badge of honor, like not having, you know, we don't want to go through that. We don't want to share that with people. But I feel like another thing that a lot of women do is suppress their emotions. And I know I've been through this as well myself, but we don't want to feel that. So we try to push it down and push it away. So that way we can feel more motivated or feel more happy or feel more excited. But ultimately, you know, if it's not healed and we're not actually loving it and nourishing that part of us, then it's going to come back. And generally it comes back much quicker and much harder next time. So have you ever experienced that before in your journey, Megan? Oh yeah, absolutely. Like the things that I don't want to deal with are not going to just go away. Like they come back louder and louder and the more you suppress and the more you avoid, the louder those screams get of like, Hey, if I would just address this now, I would be saving myself years of agony. (laughs) Yes. But you got to learn that you got to figure it out too. That's okay. Everybody's just on that path to figuring it out just a little bit, a little bit easier the next time around. Yep, exactly. Yeah. There's only two points in a person's life when they take action. And the first one is when you're super motivated, you're feeling really excited about something like this, something is going to give you something. That's one reason people take action. But most times in health, it's the opposite end of the spectrum where people have to hit rock bottom. They have to be in enough pain in order to take action. And that was definitely mine. You know, having thyroid disease and thyroid surgery, that was definitely rock bottom for me. So <laughs> then, then there you have it. But it, it, and I think that's a nice message for women to hear as well. Like, don't feel frustrated like by that. Don't know that that's isolated in you if you're feeling that like that's okay that's okay yeah everyone goes through that Mm -hmm. and one way or another whether it's in their health or not you know somebody else might be going through it with their career or their finances or their relationships you just never know where justine can everybody figure out follow you get your words of wisdom and just know a little bit more about what you do with your coaching, what your 90-day total body transformation program looks like? Yeah, of course. So I spend most of my time on Instagram at Justine Clark Wellness. So if y'all want to come over, if you're on Instagram, say hi. You can ask me questions if you feel like. My door is always open. I'm also on Facebook at Justine Clark. Um, You can probably find me very easily. My photos are the same, but... As far as my 90-day total body transformation goes, it's very intimate. We go very in-depth. So a lot of things that me and Megan chatted about today, we do go through inside my program. So, you know, it is nutritional-based. There is exercise involved. However, we go much deeper into figuring out the root cause. So, um, yeah, we hop on the phone. We can chat about if it's a good fit for you, and we can go from there. But is there any specific questions that you're wondering about, Megan? No, I don't think so. I just think getting that information out to the listeners. And 
I know that so many of them are searching for what you do and looking for an avenue to help them with that. And um, I think, yeah, we and all that information will be in the show notes too. So everybody can kind of make sure that they're getting the right, the right Justine Clark and finding all the information that they need to, to dive in a little bit more. Awesome. Yeah, Megan, for so, sure. That sounds great. I end every episode with just a few questions, just a little bit more insight. One, we know that Justine loves pizza. So we have that question off the table, <laughs> right? First thing. Yes. That. The second question that I want to know is what is the very first thing that you do in the morning? The very first thing. Well, the first thing that I do, I've recorded a little 20 minute Oh, it's, it's basically an upward spiral meditation that I've created myself for me. It's um, a blurb that I've written about myself and I want to embody every single day, the things like I want to achieve my goals and everything that I hope and dream of being in my lifetime. I have written something, I've created a zoom thing and I just, I turn that on every single morning. And I listen to me talking about myself. <laughs> I know that might sound a little weird, but it definitely helps put me in the right positioning for my day, you know, cause a lot of times we can wake up and feel like, Oh, you know, sometimes, but I think, you know, listening to that for me helps put me in the right mindset for me. I know I said a lot of me's there, but no. And that, I love that. Actually, I always tell the ladies too, that I work with that there is affirmations. I love, which kind of sounds like that's like a heightened way of that you do affirmations. But I say, if you can get them and I encourage them to record it in their phone or do some kind of voice note or say it out loud to themselves, something about those words coming out of your own voice, there's so much more power to that than somebody else saying that or just following along with and that's great too if that works for them but there is something just a little bit more intimate about hearing yourself say those things about you yes 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 and oh I'm so glad that you do that with your people as well it's so powerful and one other thing I want to add there is when you are doing it if you have done it you are doing it again whatever if you're listening to this and you're like oh yeah one thing I really love is instead of using I, I say Justine Clark, yada, yada, yada. So I'm literally, again, kind of stepping out and looking at myself as a third person, like a character almost. And it just feels so good, you know, to be able to view myself in that way. Kind of like I mentioned earlier of being able to step aside and view your emotions as a separate entity. It's the same with ourselves sometimes, because sometimes when we say I am, we might not believe it all that you know, we might not believe it yet, but if we're saying Justine Clark, we're able to look at it like a character. So mm, anyway, I like that's that a little tip. tip. A little I like tip. that yeah. one. And what does, what would you say, Justine, is your super weapon? Ooh, my super weapon. Heck yeah. Okay. My super weapon. Hmm. Of my business side, like coaching or just. I let you decide whatever that means to you. Well, I would say my secret weapon is, number one, my story. I honestly feel like everything that I've been through, and I'm now able to share it with women, 
that is something that people can relate to. And honestly, being able to relate to somebody is like the deepest and most connected thing that you could share. So Mm. I would say that is my weapon of choice. I love that one. (laughs) And we always end with everybody telling me, what does being fierce mean to you? Ooh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So this is a good question. What does fierce mean to me? Honestly, I feel like fierce means for me, when I'm scared, like when I have fear, when I'm scared of something, I'm still going to choose to step into that character that Justine Clark, who is courageous and brave and who is willing to chase after what she wants, no matter what. I think to me, that is fierce. Mm, Good one. I always, I love listening to everybody's. They're all so true to who the person is. And it's, it's really, it's just neat. It's a neat variation to hear everybody's explanation of that. Yeah. And I love that. That goes so well with your podcast name. Well, that's where it came from. My, my, my little bit of creativity that I have comes out in those ways. Yes, I love it. When you're riding your bicycle to the gym. That's right. Exactly right. (laughs) This has been incredible. I cannot wait for the listeners to hear this and for them to look into you more and know, again, I know that you're serving my audience with some great information. I know that you're serving all the ladies that you work with in the exact same way too. So thank you so much for, for being a part of this. Yes. And thank you so much for having me on, Megan. It was a pleasure chatting with you. Thank you so much for listening to the Fit and Fierce podcast. If you enjoyed it, please head over to iTunes, subscribe and download so you never miss an episode and drop me a rating and review. It's the best way to support the show and to keep more episodes coming your way. See you next time.